the project. Kuwait. Learn. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of The Project. And in today's episode, Dr. Dinka leads the way with Sheikha Majda. That's right, who talks about her journey with depression, how she recognized that she was depressed, the help she got, and how this had motivated her to have an initiative, awareness of mental illness in Kuwait and in GCC. True local hero, as I described it within the episode, and she is an amazing person. She talks about some of the initiatives that you too can take from home as a volunteer. So and she was an amazing person, very candid. I was really impressed with the way she was just talking about her experiences. So you guys listen up. There's a lot of hints of what to do if you're depressed and what you should do to also be part of this initiative. Yeah. So, and don't forget, if you leave us a rating or review on iTunes, you could have a chance to win one of our new limited edition t-shirts. So have fun guys. Enjoy the episode. Enjoy. All this and more in today's episode. Welcome. Thank you, Sheikha. We are very happy that you're here. I know you're very busy schedule. So I just want you to say a little bit about yourself, whatever you can say, whatever you want. And then we'll go into the conversation of depression. First of all, thank you for having me. <laughs> I have been watching you since like two or three years ago. Oh, wow. uh, Ola told me about you and I was really impressed. I'm still impressed about, thank you. with okay. all of the work you're doing. I am Majda Al-Sabah. I am a mother, a grandmother, a family person. I started my business way after my kids grew up, a newbie, if you can say, in the world of business. I started my home service salon and it was the first in Kuwait. My sister and I insisted on doing something because all of our kids are grown-ups and we have nothing to do. Yeah, uh, good idea. Yeah, so we started this home service salon. And it did really well. And we expanded. We started a salon. And then from there, social media came up. Snapchat was a big hit. It still is here in Kuwait. They started promoting the idea of well-being and taking care of the beauty and all of the ingredients in the products and how to take care of your hair, your skin and mm, all of that. Because of a lot of research as I've been doing and a lot of reading, I started to know more about the ingredients. One day, my sister and I decided to come up with our own formulas because we knew that people here in Kuwait, especially ladies, they take care of themselves way more than expected and they always wanted something new. So we started this brand and it was a success. One day, we, Ali and I decided to have a CS campaign. But we didn't know what was it. Okay. So whenever we seek uh, like a path, we find that it is saturated. And then we kept it as is. And then suddenly, two summers ago, my father had a stroke. And I was alone with my sister. My brother was abroad. My mom was abroad. And we were alone. And we had this big problem in front of us, trying to take care of an elder person that you find him as like an idol or icon and then suddenly he's nothing in front of you he's like very weak and this just cracked me and after that I was depressed for a very long time for a full month that I didn't know what I was going through I don't know if it's depression or not I just wanted everything to end I have no craving for life or although I am a very optimistic person, I'm very social, but that all went down. I closed down all of my social media accounts and I just kept quiet until my sister one day came to me and she said, it's time to go to a psychiatrist. Right. So it was right after your dad yes. got ill and mm -hmm. then you were, so do you, because you got ill and you felt like this person who is your mentor and your hero mm -hmm. and suddenly he is weak, as you were saying. And because seeing him that way, you felt like, well, did you feel like you were helpless? You didn't know what to do for him? Or did you feel like it was more about him being ill and not having your support system? I felt like it's too much to take. Bear in mind that I was like caught up with work and kid and social obligations. And all of that. And this is the thing that came 
and broke everything. You know, it's just this little thing that just topped, what do you say, the icing on the, the icing top? The icing on the top, yeah, yeah that's, that's right. That was it. It just cracked So maybe, me. maybe you were already overstressed because you had a lot, even though they were good things, but you sometimes when we have a lot of stressors and we have a lot of demands on us, what happened is that we one more thing and then we get crashed. And that sounds what happened yes, to you. Yes, and uh, back then I didn't know anything about taking care of yourself, giving yourself some time, meditation, all of that. I didn't know anything about that. And you didn't know anything about mental health, it sounds like. No. Nothing at all. So, but you were busy just doing, 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 and it was all going so well with your sister. It seems to, sometimes things happen for a reason so they can make us reflect on ourselves. So definitely, I'm very happy that you're sharing this. And as I said, I was saying earlier to you is that my goal is to be able to have people understand that this can happen to anyone. It doesn't have anything to do with class or money or, or gender or color. Anyone could be depressed. And you here, you had many good things happening in your life and you still get depressed. And I wish people would take that as an, I'm so happy that you're sharing your story because what happened is a lot of people, my experience, and I've been you know, a psychologist for a long time, it's like they'll come to you and they'll tell you that they're depressed. But when I say like, you know, have you told other people? They're like, no, I didn't tell anyone. I don't want people to think that I'm crazy. They don't want people to stigmatize them. So when I found out about you, and actually I've been following you for a long time because I was so impressed, not only because of who you are, but I'm impressed that someone, you know, would come out, especially in this culture that we live in, where I'm constantly bombarded with, no, I don't want anyone to know. You know, I get people that have waited five years that they are struggling and suffering from depression because they don't want to go. They'll go to all these other means, but they won't come to a psychologist and help themselves. So knowing you, and you only had these symptoms for a month, and here it is, your sister comes and says to you, look, you really look like you are depressed. Let's go to a psychiatrist. And you take her on that initiative. Wow, I'm so impressed. So what convinced you when she told you, let's go to a psychiatrist? First of all, before we go on that, mm -hmm. what were your symptoms like? Okay, I was very depressed. I don't want to socialize. I don't want to see anyone. Even my sisters, my daughters, I just want them to go away. I want to be alone. So many existential questions. Um, when you just feel that life is worthless, why are we here in the first place? And these kind of questions. So my sister approached me and I was like, yeah, okay. Anything that just helps me to get away with this, you know, because it was killing me. So I went to the doctor and she was like, you are drained. You are exhausted. You just need help. You need medication and you need therapy. And then you need to take care of your mental health for as long as you live. I'm like, okay, fine. Anything, you know, I was crying on her chair. First time I see her and I was like bursting, crying. Uh, I don't know why, but it just a... happened. So... All the stress was coming out. All the stress out. came out. And then someone telling you like, this is a solution. Was it relieving when someone says to you, look, you, what you have is depression? Oh, yes. Because, you know, you know about depression. It's not something that you never heard of, but you never assume that you're going to get it. That's true. Very yeah. true. And then I started taking the medication, started telling my friends about my symptoms, telling my family, and I so this surprise and they were against it and the stigma was unreal i was like no we got to do something wow yeah so were family members saying no don't talk about don't this don't talk about it just you take your medication and be quiet you have not no don't take <laughs> no, medication don't take medication this is nonsense which is so true yeah so many people are against medication yeah. just read quran yeah take care of yourself uh, sleep well eat well and you'll be fine Right, right, right. Yeah. And a lot of people have that stigma that if you take medication, then A, you're crazy. B, you're going to be addicted to it. That's it. So most people don't want you to take medication. None of them. So why were you scared too that you would be addicted? Not at all. Not at all. Because, you know, I read about it. First, I didn't know anything about it. But now once she told me that you have a mild depression and thankfully it was mild, you know, I didn't wait long time for it to go until it's severe. Actually, that's an amazing uh, point you're just making because people don't understand. It's just like cancer and high blood pressure and diabetes that if you don't prevent it earlier, then it's going to get worse. 
And so what, maybe because you are educated and maybe because you felt like I really needed help and I got to get it right away, you were one of the lucky ones that were able to get treatment earlier because it's a mild depression. Can you imagine if you would have waited another two years, three years, you would have been in the moderate spectrum or the severe, which will take you longer to get better at it, you know? So it's so nice that, so when she, when the psychiatrist told you you need medication, were you shocked? No, because I read about it. I see. Okay. And then when I went there, I was ready. And when she told me that I'm going to need some sort of medication to take care of the depression, I was like, yes, anything that gets me out of this mess. Good job. All right. So I did it and I started sharing this news with my friends and family. Thankfully, my closest family members are with me and they understand. And they were the support system, the main support system for me, my daughters, my sisters. But uh, when you share these things with others, they just like try to stop you. Right, right. Yeah. And I was like, okay, now I know what we're going to do with the CSR for ASAP. Yes, that's so, right. So quick question from my side. Yeah, I'm on the show. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Hi, Be quiet. so quiet. Like, no, you guys, you guys got a good jam going on, so I'm not going to jump in. Because two women are dominating. <laughs> I know, right? Like, you know, women dominate my whole life, so it doesn't matter. My question goes to the family stigmatism that comes with the friends and family. You said that was, they were all like, no, and they were all shocked by it. How did that make you feel? Did that drive you into a deeper rabbit hole, so to speak? or were you like, all right, no, now did that kind of light the flame that sparked everything? That's what absolutely happened. It just made me want to make the CSR campaign quicker. Surprisingly, it was one of the main reasons that got me out of my depression. I have a purpose now, and this purpose is divine. And I can see we can make lots of things from it. When I go to the office for these meetings, undressed, not even combing my hair, I just want to go and work for it. And that's what took me out of depression, alhamdulillah. Mm -hmm. Well, I remember when you had the video, right? Mm -hmm. Moib. Yes. It was amazing. And I know it was in Tashar in the Instagram world. And when I saw it, I was like so impressed that you were able to do that initiative to be able to wreck. And you had like really prominent people in it, people that are influential and people that would be followed by others. Uh, how did you get this idea to do a video that says Moaib? We wanted to spread the word quickly. We have a lot to do with the stigma. I mean, Tell me about it. Yeah, <laughs> until now, I don't see myself as uh, successful as I should be because the society needs a lot of help. It needs a lot of awareness, needs a lot of education. And we're doing this constantly, but I think it's not enough. And I think we need to do more. I just came up with the idea because I wanted to, the word to spread out quickly. So we came up with this idea that we grab as much influencers as we can. The thing is they were, all of them, they were very supportive and they didn't take any penny they said we want to do it 100% free because we believe in this cause. And this was just made my day. Amazing. That's true. Yes. That tells you how many people actually really want to support this initiative and they really want to be able to help you. Because, you know, you see it. We have to give credit that there are more and more people going out there and talking about Nowadays. the stigma with mental health. And you have a lot of like doctors and psychologists all going and putting things on Instagram trying to help people be educated. But then, as you said, it's like, no matter how many people out there we can tell, I mean, how many more videos can I do? How many more classes? I've been teaching for like forever here. And every time in my classes, if you have depression, if you have anything, it doesn't have to be depression, anything that you don't understand. Sometimes people have these symptoms, but they don't know what it is. So no matter how much I go out there and say, look, because I constantly get questions like, well, how will I know I need a psychologist? And I say, if you're asking me, it means you need one because obviously something is bothering you, right? And most of the time people don't understand the difference between this is normal. Like, you know, it's normal that I want to sleep and I don't want to get up today versus when do I know oversleeping and not really taking care of my hygiene or myself, it becomes a problem. So I feel like even for you, 
at least someone came or even you yourself. So obviously you yourself realized that there was something going on with you that was not the real you. Like you realized that there was a change in your behavior and physically, mentally. So I think people don't understand that there is a change that happens in your head that makes you feel like you're not yourself anymore, that something has happened. Maybe you knew it was depression, maybe you didn't, but a lot of people don't know what it is. So you'll get these questions like, well, how will I know I need to see a psychologist? What about if this could be a physical problem, for example, not a mental problem? And so for you, if someone comes out to you and says to you, like, when do I know I should go see a psychologist? What would you say? The best thing that the same thing that you said is if you are asking about it, that means you're having a problem. But we need to be self-aware. This was not with me back then. I wasn't aware of myself. I couldn't monitor my thoughts, my feelings. And that was the problem. We need to be aware. Self-awareness is very, very important. So realizing that there's something different in me that wasn't there two years ago, for example. And the other thing is, is that that for you, there was a stressor, your dad's illness, for example. And also because you were doing so many things you didn't realize that you're stressed because good things, sometimes we don't understand. When we have good things, we don't think we're stressed. Well, lots of people don't understand that even when you go to good things and projects and businesses, and even if your business is doing well, this is a stress that people don't recognize. So I, I feel like it's true. A lot of people don't understand that you know there is going to be a change and we have to be aware that this change, regardless if we think it's physical or mental, right? But for you, you also were able to go to the psychiatrist and the psychiatrist says to you, you know, these are the things you need and you follow it up. Now, the only obstacle you had is trying to convince some family members why you should take the medication. So you continue taking the medication. You didn't stop. What do you do when people come to you and say, I can't believe you're taking medication? Why are you going out and telling everyone? Mm -hmm. You will get addicted. Uh, No one is going to marry your daughters. Uh, you will not be uh, looked up to and so many things. But, you know, I believe in my cause and I'm sticking to it. Those people that were talking about this now change their minds because of the awareness campaigns that are happening. It's not just ASAP. We have a lot of people that are, you know, calling for this cause. So people are changing, but still there is a lot of people who needs more education and more awareness. Right. Now, when you came out and said that you have depression, right? And you did it in your initiative. So did you get lots of people sending you messages saying, I can't believe you're saying this? Did you ever get like, so you opened, at one time you said you closed all your social media, then you opened them up. Yes, I opened it (laughs) up because uh, Snapchat was the most uh, focal in my situation. I don't even have Snapchat. Well, because back then it was. <laughs> I feel now, like it's a lot of work. Yeah. Now Instagram is, yeah, is, is I just getting do Instagram there. and Facebook. That's, <laughs> it. That's enough for me too. Yeah. So I put my makeup on and I went to this event that I was like always uh, rejecting uh, invitations. Oh. But one day I was like, Khalas, I'm going to put my makeup on, do my hair. I'm ready to face the world. And I went and saw my friends. I had so much fun and then came back. I took pictures and then I came back. And I was like, listen, I was away for three months because I was diagnosed with mild depression and I am still on medication and there's nothing to be ashamed of. And I encourage anyone who has the same symptoms or who, or who feels that something is wrong with him, seek help. There's nothing wrong with that. And then I got bombarded with messages. Most of them are, oh my God, thank you for saying that. I am on X or Z or whatever medication, but I can't tell anyone, thank you for bringing this up. And of course, a lot of them also were like, doesn't make sense. Uh, You need to go back to prayer. These All kind these of like, things, yes. Yeah, just like I, a lot of times I get people saying, five years you're suffering, what did you do? And they're like, I went to pray, I went to religious people and I did all this because my family said, we're not going to a psychiatrist or a psychologist because then there'll be stigma, especially females. You know, the biggest thing, and I, it really makes me feel sad 
because you'll have females that will come in that are not married and they are so worried about not being able to get married if the person finds out that they have depression. I mean, I get questions all the time. Are you going to have my real name in the file? Will it be confidential? Please don't write this. Please don't write that. Living in this part. I mean, when I practiced in the U.S., most people didn't really, first of all, U.S. is huge and no one really worried about because they know confidentiality is there. And also no one is going to worry. Like, you know, if I went to see a psychologist, how is that going to stop my opportunity of getting married? But in this part of the world, it is real that lots of girls who are suffering from depression or anxiety or any other mental illness, they will not get help because their parents said to them, if you go and someone finds out, he won't marry you. And it's so sad to me, you know, and for you, and you know, and even you were saying that they, people said they're not going to marry your, your daughters because now they're going to think their mom is crazy, which is not true at all. And it wasn't in your experience, actually. You realize, I mean, did you ever think, oh no, I'm not going to, because maybe not. my daughters will not get married? Well, of course not. You were, it, were you it, scared? No, ever? Not at all. Plus it's, your daughters are gorgeous, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't you. think you'll have a problem. <laughs> you know what? Uh, we should treat it as any physical illness. That's so true. Yeah. You know, you get, you break your, uh, your uh, bone, you go fix it, then you'll be fine. Uh, you have uh, depression or anxiety or whatever. You take medication, you take care of your health and halos. I have a question. It's sure. two part for both of you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> good. So quiet. I like this. Hey, I store the good questions. <laughs> so here, here's a question. You said you were moderately depressed, right? Mm-hmm. Now, can you describe the difference between moderate, severe, and mild depression? Because I think a lot of people will get confused with which is which and sometimes not seek out help. That's a good question. Yeah, it's true. I mean, in depression, we do have the mild. First of all, there's a screener that we give to people. Like when people come here, I give them a screener and I can tell them that because of the certain questions and the score that they rate. So, I mean, I don't know if that the psychiatrist did that, but for us, we do it here. And the idea, so a mild depression, usually it's the duration of time. Like how long have you had these symptoms? So if someone is saying to me, no, for the last two weeks, I just have these symptoms. Also the symptoms that they're struggling with, for example, their sleep pattern, their eating pattern, lack of concentration, memory. So if they're having all these, of course, there's eight of them and you're supposed to score a five. It depends on how severe these symptoms are with the individual, then that we can rate it. Usually when we say that you have depression and then we say it's mild because obviously for Sheikha, for example, it was the beginning stages. While for someone else, if they're telling me they've had the depression for five years, there definitely can be mild, you know? So how long they've been suffering from the situation makes a difference. I wish, and this is my dream, and maybe Sheikha can help me, is that the more we bring awareness, people can come when it's within that one month, for example, within that two weeks. I mean, two weeks is, I'm very hopeful, but let's Mm -hmm. say a month, let's say six months, if they can come in during that time and get the proper treatment, then we would be able to call most people mild depression. And mild means that you're probably not going to be on a medication for that long. And psychotherapy doesn't have to be that long. And you can just fix it, help it. Now, the only thing people sometimes is like, well, the reason why some people don't want to do medication, it's because they worried about addiction because there's so many things. You can Google any medication out there. And, and so I was just having a conversation with a family member yesterday about this. Oh, no, no. I can't believe you guys describe medication. Medication are addictive. And I, I'm like, first of all, you don't have a degree you're not medical doctor. Second of all, this is not even your field and you cannot be sitting out there making these kind of statements when you're not profession in this. Most of the people that say it's addictive, it's either google.com <laughs> or because Google doesn't say it's addictive, but they have to put a warning. Somebody, one out of five might be addicted, for example. I mean, that's even too hot. So is there, is there such thing as like a situational depression? There's definitely. Like where it's like a week or it's like three days or four that's days. Right. Like how could someone that's listening to the show tell between, you know, the difference of, oh, I'm depressed because, you know, you know, my dog ran away versus someone that's severely depressed or depressed for how long? Like, Well, there's a huge difference between sadness and depression. Yeah. It's about the situation. Once you are in a bad situation, then you will be sad and you'll be uh, frustrated and that's totally normal. But once you have these feelings without any reason, then this is depression. Correct me if I'm wrong. Very, very true. 
And the ideas is a situational, usually it's a situation that has contributed to this sense of stress. The situation doesn't have to be bad. Like they, I've seen people that just got married and they're here and then you would, then they're thinking, oh my God, is it because I made the wrong decision of marrying this person? And it's not true. Anytime there's a transition, it could be a bad thing, a good thing. Then we call it a situational depression because there is some sort of an event that happened that caused you distress. And most of the time people will say, I mean, you don't have to be sad to be depressed, you know, but you can lose interest. They have to be one of them, losing interest in activity or sad. So most people think that sometimes you talk to someone that's depressed, like I'm not really sad because they're beyond that. Now they've lost interest. They're not sleeping or they're avoiding people. Situational, they'll tell you that I, I'm just feeling stressed ever since I've got married. Like say, this couple that I know, ever since we got married, I'm feeling because it's an adjustment, right? We don't live with the person before we marry them. We're living in a space now. It's not the same space. There's so many, I mean, you know, you got married, Mahdi, so I'm sure there's a completely different situation. Now you got to, you're responsible for someone. You, you can't just pick up and leave and go see your girlfriends without our boyfriends or whatever, without having like, you know, a set plan. There's a plan for a family time. So even if it's a good event, you could still be stressed because of that event. While depression is more intense and more intense and severe kind of symptoms. And I think it's, it's a great point that you made a differentiation is one has a reason and the other one just happens. I guess for Sheikha, could, she could have said it was because of her father, but I think it's probably the father was just the icing on the mm-hmm. cake, I guess. But it was more because of other things. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Is that what they That's say? It? That's <laughs> it. I, was, I was waiting for that one. I didn't want to correct anyone. I was like, oh, when are they going to say that one? <laughs> well, you know, we don't really use it that much, but it's true, you know? So, I mean, and, and I think that's a good question. You had two questions. But what are, that was it. <laughs> you were saying that you were avoiding everyone for a whole month. Yes. And then it took me three months to go back to normal. It took, and it took yeah, you three? Like two months of uh, medication. Do you still have two months? So you don't have to take the medication anymore? No, I stopped and then you, I went back. And then, oh, you yeah, did? Okay. Yes, yes. So when you stop and you go back, why did you go back? You felt like... I went back. I stopped it because it's time to stop it. Right. And then suddenly I felt this, you know, when خلاص, I became to, to, thanks to therapy, I started to learn about the pattern. So there's a pattern for depression. Triggers. When, that's yeah, right. yeah. Once this episode happens... It means, you know, you get those signs and then you go through certain kind of situations or, you know, for, for myself, uh, a lot of sleep or sometimes lack of sleep and gaining weight. I gain so much weight. Because of the medication, because, you think? No, because of the depression. And once I go back to the medication, I just control my weight. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because one of the symptoms actually is lots of people, that's how they recognize also that they exactly, got depressed. A, they're... These are the two common ones, that, but mm-hmm. there is other symptoms. Most of the time people will say, I start to sleep too much. I don't feel like going, getting up to go to work. So they're missing a lot of time at work or school. And that's another distinction is that when people start to have interruption in two activities, like with their school, work or family, right? And then the other thing is eating a lot because you're, bo- you're sitting at home, you're sleeping, and you, it's an emotional eating. Also, a lot of times are people feeding themselves because but they need that. in my case, I don't eat a lot. In fact, I do diet while I'm depressed, but I still gain weight. Right. Okay. And I don't know what's the, the formula. <laughs> I don't know. But that was my case. And it still is. Once I'm depressed, I just like, halas. Yeah. I go bigger. And so with medication, it makes you concentrate. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It makes me sleep well eat uh, moderately and uh, feel good. Right. Yeah. So do you ever feel like you need to give, why do you need to give it up? It's the same thing as like people with high blood pressure or diabetes. They have to take this medication for life. Would you mind taking it for life or do you feel like no, you I need to have some? I wouldn't mind at no. all. You know what? If you are happy and one day it passes by without these feelings, I'm very thankful. Yeah, that's true. Voila. Because it gives you a sense of oh, yes, yourself. Yes. You have an awareness, plus you have all this energy to be able to do so many things. And then you can be able to achieve this goal or this intention that you have to bring awareness. I was going to ask you, because we talked about the medication, not psychotherapy. So you were doing medication and psychotherapy. Do you feel like 
So when people ask me, you know, I don't want medication. I just want psychotherapy. And there are other people say, no, I just want medication. I don't want psychotherapy. What do you, what do you think helps you the most? First of all, we are not the ones who decide. Uh-huh, that's true. I don't <laughs> yeah. know how people without a degree, yeah. they're deciding. You know, yeah. Most of my followers, when they approach me, they were like, listen, we want to go to psychotherapy, but we don't want medication. I'm like, no, no, no. Before you go to a psychotherapist, you have to go to a psychiatrist and he will diagnose you, see what's going on, see if you need medication or psychotherapy. That's right. That's it. In my case, both of them helped. Medication just helped me get rid of these bad feelings. Right. But Biological symptoms. Yes. Psychotherapy didn't only take care of my mental health. It gave me those tips and tricks to learn how to live correctly and deal with the circumstances around me. And that is something that I really, really want everyone, even if you were 100% mentally okay, uh, you need to have these uh, sessions. I don't know what they call them. Can you call them psychotherapy when you're, yeah. not, when you're not mentally ill? Yeah, of course. I mean, you can call it because psychotherapy is just It's about training you on how to recognize your triggers and helping you be able to live a much more fulfilled life. So when people are depressed, they're not able to make decisions and they're not really able to focus on the situation. I mean, and that's what I tell people all the time when they say, I don't want medication. To me, I feel like I'm like you. It's like you can't make that decision. There are some psychological disorders that doesn't really require medication. And there are other ones that definitely, like bipolar, you have to be on Medicaid. There's no question about that. Uh, schizophrenia, for example, there are panic attacks, OCD. I mean, there are many disorders we can go on and on that really has two factors, the environmental and the biological. So if you can get rid of the biological symptoms where you can feel happy to be able to move on a day-to-day, but the problem is still exists. And that's what people don't understand is that, yes, I can take medication. But if you don't really learn from psychotherapists, for example, how to solve the problem that you're in, what triggers can you do? Like you're saying, like now you know that you have to take care of yourself. You have to have me time, that you have to realize these are certain triggers. If they happen, I have to watch myself not to fall into depression. Like you would have never known that if you wouldn't have gone to a psychotherapist who tells you, look, these are what you need to do to take care of yourself. When you have this problem, this is what you need to do. And just, I mean, we cannot just dismiss the idea of the support you get from your therapist, if she's a really good one, or he or she. A psychologist acts like a, a support system. We're there. I mean, for my people, like they can even call me, they can WhatsApp me, you know. Sometimes they have a decision and they haven't come to see me for a couple of weeks, which is no problem. Can I do this? You know, the other day, a teenager sending to me, you know, she's been mad with her best friend. Can I send her this ma- uh, message? Can I send her this letter? She sends it to me. And it makes me happy because what they're doing is they're looking at me as their support system. Because there are people that are coming to me that their family does not know. And they're doing it in secret because of the same thing we've talked about. So I'm the only support that knows. I'm the only one that knows they're seeing me. I'm the only one that knows their problem. And I'm the only one that could be there to help them so they can continue coming to psychotherapy. Because, you know, if they don't, if if support system is number one reason that makes people feel better, I think. It's true. I mean, for you, even though some people were not supportive of you, but when you're saying that my sister was, my daughter's for people like that, it makes a world of difference. Of course, of course. I would like to put the spotlight on something that we started doing recently. With campaign, oh, we yeah. came up with, with Dr. Um, Avir, right? Yeah, Dr. Yes. Avir, isn't she wonderful? Oh, she is amazing. We love her. She's coming to lecture in my class. So <laughs> yes, in two <laughs> weeks. You. I love her. Uh, so we started this uh, support group system. that people, of course, it has to be hundred percent hush hush, and yeah, nobody should know about it. And imagine a lot of people really got the intention to register and show up, and they were amazing. Men and women together Amazing. at the first meeting. No, we need these support groups. Believe me, inshallah, with our united help, very, very good will to do it, we will. We will, because so many people are needing this, but they don't know where to go. Right, and the thing is, is that like long time ago, I remember in another clinic I was at, 
they we try to do that like for example there should be a support group for depression and there should be a support group for teenagers and eating disorder which we lack so much out here the idea is that the, i mean not only medication and psychotherapy support group really helps in the us for example most all the programs this is their treatment plan you go to a psychiatrist you go to a psychologist and you also have to have once a week support group where you can sit there i mean we have support groups for widows we have support group for divorcees, divorces we have yeah. we have support group because obviously research says this is the most important aspect of treatment and so even if they don't come to see me if there was a support group where they can go and feel safe support group the most important thing is they have to feel safe with the person running it with who's there so if we can really do this initiative it will be amazing it should be something like what we call it here in Kuwait child laha Ah. where you go to with your friends to a cafe and chit-chat about it, about your your thoughts and feelings yep. and problems. I think it should be something like that. Some, You know, the more we normalize it, the more it's going to spread. That's true. So the Mind Me campaign, do you think that um, more and more people would be open to coming to these support groups? They started coming, although... We, um, now, which support group do we have? Just in general or... Planning to have, um, you know, for every symptom, a certain uh, support group that is specialized for them. For now, we started with depression because we lack experts. Dr. Abira was kind enough to, you know, manage everything. But uh, eventually they have to be the ones who take care of the whole group. Self-sufficient. Yes. And that's what we are going to teach them slowly. And once they're ready, they can go and start expanding their groups. Right. So they would serve their own support. It's yes. similar to the, what do they call this? Addiction groups. AA and NA. Can you imagine that we have uh, a lot of AA and NA meetings here in Kuwait? I never know. Wow. Wow. That's a shock. Oh, yeah. That is a shock. And AA meetings usually are held in churches. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. But the NA are more popular than the AA. And you can find that if I gave you the, uh, the schedule of the places that uh, are held, uh, the NA meetings are held in, you will be shocked. It's everywhere. Wow. It's everywhere. Only there's men only, there's closed, there's open. I can, and believe, so on. It. I can believe it though. Yeah. In our society, I definitely can believe yes. it. Especially yes. because everyone keeps it quiet. Yes. Now a question for you, when you talk about support and support system, your supporters, the people behind the scenes who have supported you in this. How hard was it to find people to actually support an initiative such as this and tagging their names to it? Because, I mean, we both know how our society is and the stigmatism to it and everything. So how difficult was it to find the supporters from behind the scenes? Well, as soon as you put yourself, you put the spotlight on yourself and you say, come on, I did it. I have the problem. Come on, people, listen to me, hear me out. And then people started to come because you normalized it. I found out that so many influencers had the same problem and they reached out to me and told me, thank you much for normalizing it. And now I can speak about it. People now are speaking about it, which is, you know, for us a huge success. So I think the, the key is to lead by example. Right. It would be a weird initiative to have if you are making some sort of an awareness and, you know, you yourself are struggling with something and not really recognizing it in public. It's the same thing like when we have all these influential people like in Hollywood and they come out and they say, you know, I like Angelina Jolene came out in public and said that she had eating disorder and she had like lost at one time, like she was 45 kilo. So the idea is that when people know that it's happening to people, prominent people or anybody can happen this, then you're educating them. I think this is amazing. And this is exactly why Mahdi and I were doing, doing this podcast. I said to him, my goal is to be able to bring people that have these experiences and have struggled themselves with with some sort of a mental illness. So that way they can, we, this is the way to normalize it. You know, it's, you know, when people walk around and then, I mean, I tell my student all that and they laugh. I hate to tell people I'm a psychologist when I'm in a place where they don't know, because as soon as the first comment comes out, it's like, oh, you work with crazy people. And so it, and it bothers me because it's like, uh, look, I don't see any crazy people. And, you know, it's so the automatic is like, oh, you know, you must see crazy people. There must be, I mean, they assume that this clinic, we just bring all these crazy people here and this is who I deal with. 
And that's so sad to me. So I always tell my student, I hate telling people what I do for a living. But you know what? Uh, You you cannot blame them. They are raised this way. The society are, um, are projecting these ideas on them it's true yes. yeah so it's, true. it's our job now to break the stigma and normalize things. i mean sometimes even people like on radio on tv you know people that are like voice could be heard in a more positive way you, they make these comments right and i think with with you you have tried so hard to make sure that people don't make this comment like you're crazy or who goes to psychiatrist only crazy people go and and even with the support group that we're talking about it will bring more I mean, there are so many people out there suffering in silence and that's what bothers me, you know, because they think A, there's no one else that can understand their experience. B, they think that they're going to be made fun of in this part of the world. And C, they don't know where to go for help. And sometimes it could be means of like finances. Sometimes it could be just being able to get here and having it be a secret. I mean, like I said earlier, so many people worry about I mean, like I take my students to the psych hospital every year and now we'll be going hopefully in December. And the reason I do that is because I want them to understand A, that this is, looks like a normal place, B, the services that they can offer in case they can't afford private clinic. And C, also because there's so much stigma about if I write, I open a file, anyone can have access to my file. And, you know, every year I get the doctor who's touring us, reassuring the students, this does not happen. No, no one can get access to your file. No, no one can read your material. It's a fear and it's a realistic fear because we do live in a society that as soon as you open a file, I mean, they still talk like red card. If you go to seek services in like psych hospital, you have a red card. Like I laugh. Makushe is my red card. card. (laughs) It's just uh, something that people came up with. I don't know where they came up with. I don't know. I don't know. Red card. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, you know, you're supposed to be able to do anything you want, like violate the law. Yeah. Get away away with it. Is that what it means? That's what people say. Yeah. I don't really understand red card. Like, you know, you're not going to get a red card. If you commit a crime, you're going to jail. That's it. I think we can all agree. With the red card or the It really does it. But I just back to the question, Mm -hmm. I think I may have worded it differently. Like, for instance, my wife, she's a power lifter. Yeah, I've talked about that. And people were shocked that I was actually supporting her through that. Have you gotten the same thing by people that help you behind the scenes, like in terms of the support system who are supporting you? My first supporter that I barely talk about is my husband. That's what I was getting at. <laughs> with every great woman, there's a great man. With every great man, there's a great woman. Yeah. He's, uh, he doesn't like to be brought up uh, a lot, but frankly, he was the number one supporter. He was like, you know what? You do whatever you want. I support you 100%. Although he doesn't know anything about mental health or campaigning or whatever. That's M- amazing. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't, you know, he's a very, like a classic uh, military guy that he has nothing to do with these things. But he said, whatever you want, you will get. Uh, you have my 100% support and do whatever you want. That, That's nice. Yeah, eh? I was, I am really lucky. That's why I'm not pro-feminism <laughs> a lot. <laughs> because I understand that a lot of beautiful women, successful women, they have this power from their husbands. So the, to be frank, nobody speaks a lot about men. Right, we are, true. Yeah, we are speaking about women more. Doesn't that make a world of difference when you have your husband saying, look, you know, you, whatever it takes for you to get better, you know, I'll support you. I mean, just hearing him, even though physically he might not do anything or he doesn't know anything about depression per se, but also hearing those words that makes you feel so good. Makes me feel grounded. Yes. And safe. Yes. Because then you couldn't do the things you can do if you, if he didn't support you, because then you would have a lot of struggle in the family. You know, him saying, don't go out there and tell everyone. You're saying, this is what my calling is. And it would have been a struggle. So can you imagine these other women and men? Relax, I see men here that do not. I just saw one last week. I said, you know, because I'm really big on support system. I think you can't do anything without your support. I don't care who it is. You need somebody. I said, well, your wife sounds like you guys have a good relation, which they do. He's like, no, 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 I can't tell her. And I'm like, why? And he's like, 
no, no, if she finds out, you know, you can أطيح من عينها, you know, I might, what's أطيح من عينها in English? يمكن he will not, she will not respect me as much or mm. see me as heba, you know, mm. like a big thing. Or, and I said, that's not true. I think that when you love someone truly, they should be able to support you even if they don't understand. He's like, no, 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 I don't want her. Okay, he, no, no family. And this is a guy, right? His family doesn't know. His wife doesn't know. And, you know, I'm like, well, you got to pick somebody beside me because I can't be supporting you all the time, right? And we couldn't even come up with one name because he's refusing to tell the wife because he's worried that she will not see him as strong. We will change this mindset very soon. I hope. I'm <laughs> defending on you. Inshallah. It would be nice for men to actually come out because I'm a man who says there is no shame in showing your emotions. I wear my emotions on my sleeve. Dr. Dinkin knows that <laughs> better go. than anybody. And here, I mean, our society, SF, is just, it's so 1920s. As a man, we can't show our emotions. It's always like, don't show your emotions. Don't do this. Your wife shouldn't be doing this or your wife shouldn't be doing that. And for me, it's like, no, I don't care. You know, my wife's going to do what she wants to do as long as I support her, you know, is if it's bettering society, I think that's the most important thing. And see, that's, I mean, see how you were supporting Hey, and she was able to reach her target or even more. And the same thing with you is like, you know, when you're emotional, Hey, doesn't say, oh, you know, don't cry like a sissy. No, you're not strong enough. You know, it kills me. Like you get these little boys that's like five or six years old. He's just crying. And he had an, I mean, he's five or six. Yeah, yeah. And then I get these people sure. saying, I don't want my boy to cry. He's going to be a sissy witty. Or you're going to hold your emotions in and fight with kids and whatever. And then we wonder why men cannot express their emotions. I mean, I tell my son all the time, like, DJ, cry. Get it out, buddy. Tell me why you're crying. That's okay. It's okay to be upset because it is. That's life. And and this is what we need more and more parents because if we can encourage expression of feelings, then we wouldn't have them all pile them up until they're like 30 and 40 (laughs) and 50. And then it turns out to be, it either goes into depression or they go into panic attacks. A lot of panic attacks happen and anxiety because they are so much repressed. Especially with men. Especially with men. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, Especially exactly with, with men. Because, you know, there's so much pressure on them. That's true. Because they're not supposed to express. At least for us, when we have a bad thing, we call our girlfriends and go out for coffee. And we can cry crying. it out. Yeah, that's right. Anytime, anywhere. Right. We are women. We can't cry. That's we can't true. cry. But men, poor thing, they can't cry. So Although can you imagine how many of them are suffering from depression? That's and they're not, and that's is, why a suicide is is higher with higher men, with right? Men. And they tend to attempt more. Uh, you know, they succeed more because they'll use lethal weapons, and you'll use, you know, a female. She can think about it. She can tell her friends. Maybe you know, go into a milder way of expressing it. But the idea is that men. I do. I was just teaching a class on sexism. I mean, it's about gender identity and all that. And I was like saying, I really feel bad for men because from the beginning. If he doesn't fight, we say that he's not strong. You got to fight. You got to defend yourself. Don't cry. You're the man of the house. He's eight years old. And we're saying, you're a man of the house. What's the man of the house? <laughs> That's why I feel really sorry. I always stand by men against women because at least women, they have uh, the support they need and they have all of the uh, tools to, to vent. But men, they can't. That's very true. Yes. That's true. Now, one last question, and I know, I promise we wouldn't be too long with you, I know. <laughs> it's always a pleasure, my <laughs> it's a, dear. It's so I much know, fun. It's, and this is such a great cause, actually. I'm so happy you're here. True, um, lo- true local hero, by the way. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, we, we, I'm a lot into the fitness game and with mm-hmm. athletes and everything, and we always call them local heroes. But I think to have an actual local hero here that's doing something in society to better it is amazing, truly Thank amazing. you so much. Well, I try, and I'm not alone. I'm just... I have a higher voice yeah. because of my, you know, followers. But a lot of people are working more than I am. And uh, they are working on laws. Others are um, the hospitals. You know, there are a lot of people working. I am just their voice. And uh, I am not an expert. People call me a doctor. But, you know, like, no, I'm you, not a doctor. You are by now. <laughs> All I, this research. I am a survivor and I'm an advocate and that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah but a lot of people are working with me in this cause and we cannot uh, neglect. Uh, and uh, what I love about you is like, you're very resourceful. Like you, you, when you realize this is what your calling is, is that you developed the ASAP, right? And then you did, you started really connecting to local people in there are in the field, for example, you are very well connected. You did something with the psych hospital. Like 
because it seems to me like you know that you need all these individuals to put this. I mean, you know, of it takes course. a village. Isn't that what Hillary said? Yeah, we can't it do it does. alone. And I think yeah. you can't do it alone. And the more we put our hands together, the quicker we'll get to our goal. Right. Very, very yes. true. And and the more you've got people in society that are in, you know, in the medical field or mm-hmm. more psychotherapy. Now, ASAP, how did you come up with the name? Well, it was a home service thing. Oh, so back just, then. okay. So we want to finish our services very quick. Okay. So we called it ASAP oh. and people knew us by the name ASAP and then halas, we, we didn't change it. And then you continue to use it ASAP, which is like, that's yes. nice. Yeah. Very quick service. <laughs> yes. That's, so that's pretty service. smart because you already had the following established. You already had the name established. That's pretty smart. That's good marketing. It's yes, really cannot, good marketing. We cannot change the name. So you cannot change the name and mm-hmm. then you start using it to advocate more for yes. mental health. Yes. So that is very smart actually. Because part of the revenue of ASAP, the sales of ASAP products goes to the initiative. Yeah, so that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that makes so much and sense. And so you wanted to just keep it. it. Yes. Oh, I yes. see, I see. So what, what are you working on next? What's next? What should people look oh, for? Oh, okay. A lot of things happening next. First of all, um, for the products, we are starting to get uh, more calls from guys who wanted their own products. So we are starting uh, <laughs> products for men. Good, good. Yeah. Because there isn't a lot of product for men. You yes, know? there isn't. Especially yeah. Kuwaiti or Khaliji. Uh, and I think we men. will have good consumer because most of the time they think women are, are you know, the consumers. But I think but men you know, can be men, here in no. this part. Men, uh, ASAPers, the men yeah. uh, are a lot. Oh, good, yes, good, good. Yes. And in terms uh, and for the initiative... What are we going to do next? Yes, um, we are uh, continuing with the support groups. Mm, good. Uh, we I wish you would send me this. some information. Of course, please. of course. And maybe if you have uh, any volunteers that uh, are... Uh, oh, my trying... students would love to volunteer. Oh, please do. I get asked all the time. Okay, okay, great. So... What we're... age should they be? Can my son volunteer? He's well, 14. <laughs> Dr. Abir will take care of this oh, because hello. she has all the control. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll see her all Yes, yes. The support group, trying to get them expanded as much as we can. Inshallah, the ASAP initiative. We just launched today, actually, a planner that helps you control your mood, satisfaction, and goal setting. It is very, very um, resourceful. Uh, It's all in Arabic. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Because we have a lot of planners in English, but to have a planner that has so many things uh, catered for the Arabs, I'll have Mehdi, you will translate for me. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's very easy. It's very easy. It's I not can that. speak Arabic, but I can't I read know, or write I know, Isn't I that know. funny? Uh, so this planner is, uh, inshallah, is going to do really good because it is very helpful. It helped me organize my life, organize my feelings, goal setting, uh, trying to reach two goals on a daily basis. See, this is so important. Yes. A planner mm-hmm. that they, they, they can organize. See, organization makes so much time management. Absolutely. You know, oh my God, yes. this is amazing. Real yeah. quick. So how would one go about signing up to volunteer and help out with the initiative? Like what's, what are, what are some of the steps? Cause we have listeners. I mean, I know a lot of our listeners personally, and some of them take, they get into things like this and they get into volunteering in the society. How could they go about signing up? Well, they have to reach Dr. Abir because she's the expert and uh, she will uh, set the boundaries and the targeted personnel that we are reaching for. And uh, we'll take it from there. So Dr. Abir is the one who's... Uh, so I'll contact her. Can she, yes. Yeah, is she on Instagram? Is she on like any major channels? Oh, yes, yes. Contact? She's on need, Instagram. We need to bring her here. I was just yes, going to say that. Definitely. I was, was going to say we have she, to bring her on the show. Uh, you know, your listeners will so benefit from her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's amazing. Yes, so. she is. She and is. she started Mind Me campaign. Yes. And we have done several things with her at UK, actually. Okay. And actually, she's a regular lecture in my abnormal psychology so, but so I, why aren't we bringing her I on? know <laughs> she'll be the next one for sure yeah she'll be the yes. next one yes. yes no I tried to ask her but she's a very very busy woman so we'll see mm-hmm. I barely can get her to come to my class <laughs> but hopefully I promise our listeners she will be but I can message her and see how she wants well, to be, volunteer that would be great that would actually be great. at AUK we probably have a lot of students that would like to, to do their hours also so that's nice plus she'll be a great supervision for them to be honest for the psychology interested people Maybe she can train them yes. to, to taking care of our uh, support group. I think it would be amazing. Yes. Because then students that have background in psychology. Of course, to be like 
facilitators, That's for very example. True. Very yes. true. When do the support groups take place? Like, how can people gain more information? Is that all on the Instagram? Or um, they've already started, right? We started and we stopped the applications because we are over booked. Oh, wow. Yes, we are doing it twice a week. They have group, and inshallah, once they're ready to go on by their own, they will be handed up, and then we will start again. And it's a free of charge? Free of charge. Oh, okay. Yes. So they, the process is to go online. I mean, right now you're stopping, but We're when stopping. you open the application you process. The, yeah, you go to the link. You. The link is where? We took it out of our bio okay. now. But it's but it in was, your bio for it ASAP. Was on our bio. And uh, you just register and you ask uh, some questions and then you get... Uh, agreed on to go because some of them are not capable to go to the support groups if they are having a severe mental illness. Of or, course. Yes, and we this cannot is mainly handle for, them. So this is mainly for depression now. And for more functioning individuals. Yes. Like, and for the ones who are already taking medication or, or seeking help. Yes. Or, yeah. So they're already in recovery yes. in a way that's yes. how we could say it. Yeah. And so they're not for people that are like more extreme or more uh, severe, de- but severe depression, they might still be functioning if of they're course, on medication. Of course, but the thing but is- it can be psychosis, that's what exactly. you're saying. I see. And, it, and it is not a way to treat their illness. It is just a support group. That's, uh, it is not uh, group therapy. No, no, it is a support group. And people are, you know- They talk about their stories. Yes. They can uh, seek support within each other. For example, you also have someone that is like, what do they call them? Like sponsor. A sponsor. Like a sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I haven't been to A, but I know a lot no, about it. No, we watch a lot of movies. I know a lot about it thanks to Dr. Dinka. I took yeah. that class with her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the idea is, is that, that they, well, they won't have sponsor with depression group, but they would at least be able to have somebody to well, You could have like them. a buddy, right? Yeah. Like some, it is an someone. open society where you can exchange numbers and, you know, do exercises together that we, we do yoga together, breathing, and then we speak about things and, you know, these kind of, That's you true. have to attend the next I time. have to, yeah. yes, I would Inshallah. like to actually. I'll let, I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah, that would be amazing. But this is really amazing service because then, and it's free of charge. Free of charge, So yes. people can't complain, no, I can't afford <laughs> yeah, it's free of paying charge, and yeah. I can't do this. It's and it's different location, but is it or is it at the hospital itself? Uh, we, no. cannot, uh, we cannot. We uh, cannot tell you about tell the location. You where it is. Yes, yes, it's disclosed. Really, that's yes. nice. Oh, that's pretty cool. She'll tell yeah. me though. <laughs> <laughs> so I can come. No, but this is really, really great idea. So I'm so happy with all these initiatives, and I know that you are always booked because you're always going to to talk about the initiative, and so that's that's amazing that you put yourself. And I know you've got major things. You've got girls, but you girls are all grown up now, yes, right? Yes. My daughter's wedding is next month. Yeah, that's so right. we're, you know, overwhelmed with all the preparations. Wow, next month. Next and month. it's here in Kuwait? Yes. Oh my God. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank so you. You, I can't believe you're a grandma. You do not look like a grandma. <laughs> not at all. Can you imagine she not said grandma? Yeah. I mean, earlier, I, she thought we forgot about it. <laughs> well, I just got married soon, you know, very young. It sounds like you got married when you were very uh, small. No, 17. <laughs> wow. It's 17, seven. I was yes. going to say 14. No, no, 17. <laughs> but you look amazing. Thank you. It's all about taking care of my physical health and my mental health. That's it. That's, That's the true. key. And That's that the is key. the key. Yeah. Because people always act as this. We watch too much movies. We always think these depressed people are like yeah. walking around yeah. and they're moping. And, and they don't know that, you know, you got people are depressed with you every yes, day. Yes, anyone can be I was depressed. telling someone at the, my student, I said, I don't know what she said. No, no, no. I don't want to talk about my depression. I don't know. She said something like that. And I said, do you know that they're one out of four people is depressed. There are probably four or five people in the class that are depressed. I yes, mean, you know, yes, this nobody. statistic. Now depression is like the flu of the mental health. It's like they're going to be, all of us are going to be depressed at one time in our life, the way it's looking. And it means that we might be situational. It might be mild. It might be different. And genetic, we cannot dismiss that. If oh, you have yes. it in your family, it's, you, you are more it. prone. Yes. That's right. So I'm so happy that you're here, to be honest. So I can't much. tell you Thank how you much for I'm having so me. Thank you for introducing me to Hadi. Hadi is Hadi. Sorry. That's why I'm the sidekick. Hadi is so much into psychology. He has a minor in psychology. Yeah. So Mashallah. Yeah, I, I like, would have majored, but. But you have a, a lot of information that nobody else can have, you know? 
we can use you. I think it's free psychotherapy here. <laughs> she gets free psychotherapy too. For me. <laughs> I do need it. No, I'm going to Sheikha. <laughs> you haven't solved any of my problems. Oh, no, she no, will. No. I won't. I won't. <laughs> I'm just an advocate. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks a thank lot. You. Thank Thanks. you for having me. And I hope your listeners can just gain a lot of information from this uh, podcast. And uh, Me too, hopefully... I do. And, and if you ever need me for anything, please let me know. Thank you I so mean, much. I, I could use anyone's help. Uh, yes, to, yes. To so frank. anything you guys and if need. You, if you ever have something new that comes up and you want to jump back on the podcast, please feel free because this is an open platform where you can really discuss anything and get into Thank all the nitty gritty about everything. Thank you. That's so sweet. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.